Welcome to Edwards Beyond the Test, a podcast that goes behind the scenes of the flight test mission at Edwards Air Force Base. I'm Dawn Waldman from the 412th Test Wing Public Affairs. Becoming an enlisted leader in the U.S. Air Force is more than just an appointment. Sure, it takes a sound candidate, but it also takes development and education. The instructors at the Airman Leadership School have the responsibility of delivering that professional military education in the ongoing effort to develop the leaders of the Air Force future. It is my pleasure to introduce Technical Sergeant Erica Fabian Guzman, who is an instructor at the Edwards Airman Leadership School. Sergeant Fabian, thanks so much for being here. You know, no pressure right off the bat here, but being an instructor at ALS sounds like it is quite the job. Hey, you know what? I'll start start off by saying thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. I'm excited. And uh, yeah, so being an instructor is honestly a job that requires a lot, a lot of energy, I feel. Uh, to, to put it simply, it does not matter what you have going on personally. You have to have the mindset and the, and the will, realistically, the will to, when you go inside of that classroom, you leave everything at the door and you are mentally, emotionally, physically prepared to give those students every ounce of leadership and instruction that they honestly deserve. Well, Sergeant Fabian, speaking of your classroom, let's set that stage. On average, how many airmen are in each class and how long does it run? On average, we usually have about 45 students in each class. We'll run three flights. This past year, we actually had the pleasure of having a four-flight class, so we had about almost 50 students. Within each flight, though, we break the students down to about 15. Uh, But what's funny is right now I have a flight, and there's a total of six people. So that's just to paint a picture of COVID ops versus non-COVID ops. Uh, There's there's a big distinct difference there. Oh, yes, most definitely. Um, What is the rank of the airmen that are attending in your classes? So the rank of the airmen, we go for E4. And I say E4 because here at Edwards ARLS, we try to bring in our, our sister services as much as possible. But E4 is the targeted rank. Sometimes we'll have some students who come on with E5, staff sergeant on already, and that's just because their leadership uh, hooked them up with a a waiver to put on their to put on their rank staff sergeant prior to attending PME, being that it's a requirement. So they got that waiver filled out, and so we'll have some E5s around here. But for the most part, it's E4 senior airmen. So Sergeant Fabian, you're providing the information these airmen need to in order to grow professionally and become leaders, and you're providing 192 hours of training in a very short period of time. What are some of the subjects that you're teaching during this time? Yeah, so it's it's 192 hours of really organized information. When it comes down, the the main subjects are human performance, right, PT, of course, that's required here at PME. Uh, Mm -hmm. We also have stuff like Air Force culture, which dives into the core values and diversity and, you know, trust-based relationships. We have leadership, which encompasses airmanship. We have mission, which is really tying in the airmen and what they do to the national defense strategy, to nuclear enterprise, and it talks about, you know, communication, personal professional development. We have problem solving, right? Because CPI and that CPI mindset, that is a requirement for all airmen. And it's great that the Barnes Center and the Air Force as a whole is already empowering the airmen with that problem solving, critical thinking type of mindset. And then there's some exercises and assignments throughout. But yeah, that's the the core of of ALS. Well, that sounds like a handful. Is it challenging to the airmen? And also, additionally, are they continuing to work their regular jobs alongside while attending ALS? We highly do not recommend it. Now, we tell airmen that while they're here, they're considered TDY, so their units should not be bothering them in the slightest. 
So we'd hope that after they get out of here, they just go to home or go home and, and study or stay here and study with one another. But we highly do not advise it because to have that dual hat, it's hard for them to really get into the vacuum of ALS and stepping away from the work centers to develop, right? It's, it'd be hard to do that if they were still trying to simultaneously have, you know, I'm a crew chief by trade, but I want to get my PME on. It'd be hard for them to try to accomplish that if they're still being, you know, if they're still within that environment and stuff like that. So we don't recommend it. It's not supposed to happen, but what they do once they leave here is really hard for us to know. Sergeant Fabian, in a recent conversation that we had, you mentioned that the final exam has changed from a test to a new procedure. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so it's almost, it's it's pretty close to a year, but August should be a year of when there is a huge curriculum overhaul for ALS, which is the first level of PME for the Air Force. Uh, prior to that, for several, several years, essentially the end item, what you had to pass in order to accomplish and get your 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 credits and your certifications and stuff like that you'd have to complete a test and get above you know 70 percent essentially and with whatever objective that barn center that the barn center had they went ahead and were like hey this test you know it's maybe not the ideal measure of whether someone is prepared to be a supervisor so now they have a capstone simulation, so it's an exercise where it really tests the application of the airmen and their leadership skills. Well, Sergeant Fabian, as you previously mentioned, we're still in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. So how has the quarantine and other COVID-related aspects affected classes at the Airmen Leadership School? So with that, here at ALS, we usually run seven classes a year, and they, we usually have about a week in between each class. Well, to paint a picture, we here at Edwards ALS haven't had a class since March. This is our first class, and that's just because we were really trying to see how we could best meet the intent of the Barn Center. There's a lot of amazing work already being done across the Air Force at other Airman Leadership Schools. We have, you know, Aviano was the first one to really run that virtual course. A lot of other schoolhouses have either had an in-class, in-residence type of course or they ran the virtual one and here we wanted to really be strategic really be careful making sure that we met the objective of the barn center as well as following test wing and you know dod guidance of with, with covid you know so with that it's really impacted our objectives you know there's certain things that we want to have we want to give the best experience here at edwards als that we can to our students we want to make sure that when they come here they're able to develop gain perspective and through that we do it through you know from pt to in class to hey how do we get you to volunteer how do we you know immerse you with the first sergeant's commanders a lot of that has been deprived because of physical distancing now we now have you know some courses of actions in place so that we're able to meet those intents simultaneously, right? Like follow COVID and, and all ROEs as well as, you know, how do we, you know, connect these airmen to first sergeants and commanders and to their senior advisors and stuff like that. So it's been fun because it's honestly given us a whole new way of looking at learning and delivering the curriculum and everything like that. So it's, it's been fun. So when an airman completes ALS, what happens next to them? So when an airman completes ALS, it's, it's a pretty big deal when, when you really think about it, but they're at bottom line up front, they're able to formally supervise and be another airman's rating official, right? So seldomly do you see where a senior airman is the rating official for another senior airman, but depending on leadership and what they believe the airman who graduated Airman Leadership School is capable of, they'll go ahead and give them that. 
But what will typically happen is they'll receive eight credits towards their CCAF. They'll have the capability to become a rating official, and that just really opens them up to, you know, being that NCO or being that airman, that leader, and kind of gives them the tools, intangible tools, right, that they need to be successful within their work centers and really in life because the curriculum is not exclusive to the Air Force. Most of these are foundational topics that they'll be able to use whether they decide to stay in for 40, 30 years, right, or if they decide to, you know, fulfill their contract and move on. Sergeant Fabian, do all bases have an ALS? And and by the way, here at Edwards, is there anything unique to our ALS compared to other bases? Yes, absolutely. So uh, here at Edwards ALS, we were the first ones to graduate a civilian. We were the first ones to give that award of academic achievement and Levato, which is the most prestigious award that you can get in PME, to a civilian just because here at AFMC. And it started off with, you know, he's Chief Magus now, but he, you know, had a vision. And that vision was, hey, a civilian can be the rating official for a military member. So why should they not have the training that our enlisted members are getting? So them getting that training, that was the first here at ALS. A lot of schools have uh, sister services come in, but we really try to have them here and be a part of our, our, our journey as much as possible. So that's something really great about about Edwards is that we try to be innovative in everything that we do, whether it becomes how we deliver instruction or what tools we utilize. But we, we try to be ahead of the game there. And ALSs as a whole, I'd, I'd say there's about, you know, 60 to 70 ALSs across the Air Force. They are located at most bases, but not all. Well, as an ALS instructor, what can you say are some of the most rewarding moments that you've had? For me personally, right, if I'm being selfish in this response, is everything that I've gained from my airmen. Right. But to see it the other way is when you see the airman's perspective develop and that is priceless. Seeing them, you know, their mindset change, their opinions change, their way of thinking change and develop and be learning from each other. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing that I feel that can't happen anywhere else, only in the vacuum that is ALS and seeing them grow personally and professionally. It's, it's a true treasure. Serving as an instructor at the Edwards ALS wasn't Tech Sergeant Fabian's first time at the school. We'll talk about that and more in just a moment. Welcome back to Edwards Beyond the Test. Our guest today is Tech Sergeant Erica Fabian Guzman, who is an instructor at the Edwards Airman Leadership School. Sergeant Fabian, you were a young woman just graduating from high school when you made the decision to join the Air Force. You know, you previously mentioned that you were awarded a soccer scholarship, but you didn't want to go that way. Can you share your story with us? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Um, so when I was in high school and, and for the greater part of my life, what I feel is soccer was my everything. I played soccer in high school and then I'd be part of a traveling team on the outside my parents were extremely supportive of it. Everything was soccer, right? The World Cup was my everything. Lionel Messi was my idol, who's a Barcelona soccer player now. But everything was geared towards that. And, you know, senior year of high school came around, and, you know, it was time, you know, to make this a career, right? Make my my most true and valued hobby, right, into a career. And that was a little bit daunting, but I was ready. I was ready, and um, I think it just, all of a sudden hit me one day, like if I ran into a wall of bricks, was it, it wasn't really fully satisfying me. As, and I say that just because I love the sport. I love, you know, being part of the team and, and, you know, the athletic part of it, athleticism part of it. But it just was not satisfying what I 
saw in my future. And I don't know what happened one day, but I was like, you know what? I think I think the Air Force is the way, and I think that I need to move forward with that part of my life. And, you know, when I thought about playing soccer for a career, it, it got me excited and it brought me happiness. But when I thought about joining the Air Force, serving in the U.S. military, becoming part and serving for something that is profound and much greater than I'll ever be, that gave me a feeling that was unknown. And and I signed up a couple later a couple months after I graduated high school. I shipped off and it's all been fun since then. Wow. So your first job wasn't that of what you have now, a professional military education instructor. What did you do and where was your first assignment in the Air Force? So my job, my primary duty as of right now is PML. I'm a PML tech, so which stands for Precision Measurement Equipment Laboratory Technician. So our main objective with being a PML technician is to calibrate and and adjust and provide maintenance to a multitude of equipment. And I say that because we support everything besides medical because they have their own version. But uh, we support everything when it comes to comm, when it comes to, you know, flight line communications, when it comes to security forces, logistics, maintenance, that we have customers in every facet, which is incredible because you are able to see how a backdrop is able to support all of these and empower their missions and objectives. But it's cool. It's cool. I get a, I get a nerd out sometimes and with, you know, the very finite measurements that we deal with, but it's been fun. And I was able to accomplish that at Ramstein Air Base Germany. That was my first assignment. And I definitely would love to go back. So if anybody's hearing, help me. <laughs> but yeah, that was my first assignment. Wow. What a first assignment. Wow. Eventually, you did end up here at Edwards. Did you come as a PML calibration tech? Yeah. So I definitely came here as a, a, as a PML tech. I have been here for a good amount of time. Right, and I'm thankful for that. I'm, I'm not. I can't complain. But I, I have been here, I, and here at Edwards, it, it, at first as an assignment, I was like, oh no, like I'm going from Ramstein to desert. But let me tell you, as being female tech here, I feel like I've had the luxury of seeing things that I would have needed to go to maybe three or four bases to see, just because of the platforms that we have here of aircraft, but just because we're able to support, you know, many agencies outside of here. And it really gives you that ability to go above what's expected of you. Here at Edwards, my leadership team empowered me to, hey, you don't have to just, you know, calibrate what's within your designated scope of responsibility. It's like, hey, you want to learn how to do something that, you know, is exclusive to Edwards, like the GCAS stuff, any equipment that supported that, um, and, and which I will always hold tr- hold close to my heart just because, I I know the value that there is here at Edwards, and I was able to capitalize on that, luckily. That is an amazing program, the Auto GCAS. It saves lives, and it was developed here, and that is so cool. Sergeant Fabian, you also attended ALS early in your career, and of course, now you're an instructor there. Looking back, what was the experience like when you were a student? So when I was a student here, it was phenomenal. I loved it. I loved every day of it. Um, That's how I actually met my spouse here at ALS. She was a, a trainer here at Day Zero, so I, of course, am super biased. <laughs> but <laughs> I was, uh, I loved it. The, the The instructor team was amazing, and and it was great to have them as instructors than to coworkers, um, and and you know supervisors and stuff like that. But my experience here, I loved it, and to then be offered the opportunity to teach here, it was it's almost like a dream come true. And instructing and being a I guess a teacher for the Air Force was a dream that I actually had put. We had to accomplish like a professional leadership development plan. And within that PLDP, I had 
put on there that I would love to become an instructor. And when the team was looking at my records, they thought it was just, you know, the stars aligning because I had put it here while I was in ALS. And several months later when I was interviewing for the job and that came up, it was it was incredible to share that with them as well. It's interesting how dreams can come true sometimes, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, recently you shared with me a few statements, which I'll, I'll paraphrase here. You said that growth comes from within. One has to work for what you have, and you have control of your own destiny. What do you mean? And, and are these phrases that you share with your ALS students? Absolutely. These phrases is what, one, motivates me every single day. It's what keeps me, you know, on the path of that I believe I have. And I definitely share these with my students. But when I say growth comes within, from within and we have control of our own destiny and stuff like that, I say that because a lot of the times, you know, with everything that happens around us, it is 100% easy and sometimes even accepted to let that dictate how we feel how we behave, how we plan, how we strive, what we strive to have and everything like that. And I think one of the greatest epiphanies I've ever had, and this is because of the amazing supporting group that I have in, around me at all times, is that we have much more control over what happens and how we respond to it than we think we do. And I say that because, you know, let's say you don't get that assignment that you really wanted or let's say you don't get that job or position that you really wanted your story does not stop there. You are able to then learn from it and not let it keep you from accomplishing what you want to accomplish. And and I always tell that to my students because they are sometimes put into positions where they're not they don't have that much power. And they sometimes feel very powerless, which leads them to not feeling as if they're of value. And I like to tell them that other people's behavior, yes, they're going to have some sort of, you know, it's going to dictate maybe how they might feel, but it doesn't have to dictate how they feel forever. And it doesn't have to dictate how they choose to live their life and live their careers and everything like that. Well, Sergeant Fabian, speaking of controlling your own destiny and growing from within, you desire to grow professionally with a goal to cross-train to the Air Force Office of Special Investigations. Now, that sounds exciting. You want to share that with us? Yeah, so right now the, the process is pretty early on. And uh, I definitely don't know what I have in store for me, but I am definitely excited. And I and I'll reference back to you know that feeling that I had in the in the beginning where hey joining the Air Force that brought you know emotions and satisfaction that I never knew. This is I feel continuing that because as much as I love serving and as much as I'm committed to serving the Air Force for many many years to come, I feel like this is a, a calling that I've had. And I've been kind of like soul-searching a little bit, soul-searching within the Air Force, right, uh, to kind of find that, find my next big thing and looking at what these they do and, you know, YouTube videos to anything that they have available. I, I follow them on Facebook and everything like that just to try to get as much information as possible. But they have such a significant mission, and I want to be part of that. I want to serve for that. I want to, you know, continue to serve the Air Force, of course, but to serve in that capacity, it, it just it – just, sounds like it's the next big big thing for me. It just clicks with everything else that I feel I have going on in life. Um, but yeah, so the the process is still ongoing. I, I still don't know how it's going to go, but I'll definitely keep you posted. <laughs> oh, please do. Please do. You know, education and growth, they're important to you, obviously, and but it doesn't stop at the shop at ALS every day. I understand you're also involved in the new Quarantine University that's on Facebook. It was started right here at Edwards during this COVID-19 pandemic. Tell us about that. Well, yeah, that honestly was a, I don't even know how it comes came about just because of, 
you know, it's just right place, right time. And with that, it's just basically it started with, you know, us being at the DFAC and, you know, myself and two other instructors were having lunch and we happened to see Command Chief and, and Command Chief Exec, Sergeant Hardesty and, and Chief Aisha, and we saw him. And we kind of just started talking about, you know, are we going to have a class? Like, you know, it was right before things really amped up for COVID. Um, and we were like, hey, are we going to have another class? Like, what do you guys think? Because a lot of those decisions sometimes aren't in our control. It it kind of happens with what's going on at the wing. And um, we were trying to figure out, okay, if we don't have a class, you know, how else can we give back to the students? And, you know, there's brainstorming going on. Chief and Sergeant Hardesty have some amazing ideas. And it just kind of like one thing grew to the next. And uh, I know I heard uh, Chief or uh, Sergeant Hardesty talk about, like, you know, they started with, you know, they got the designs down. Then the Facebook group happened. And it started just ramping up from then. And then, you know, since then, it's been how can we help each other grow? How can we help those who aren't necessarily even biased, who are at a base in Korea, who are in Germany? How can we all help each other grow with the time that we have now? And, and it's just capitalizing on what we have and, and doing our due diligence as, as instructors and as, you know, being a professional development team is how do we earn that paycheck, right? And, and, and what's important is giving back, right? So it's, it's been great. It's been fun. Sergeant Fabian, thank you so much for being with us today. As you know, Edwards is such a unique base in which to work. Before I let you go, can you please tell us what it means to you to work at the center of the aerospace testing universe? Oh, you know, it it honestly blows my mind being part of this incredible team. I since being here, I've I feel like I've grown. I got here as a, a relatively brand new senior airman. And right now, you know, as being a technical sergeant, I feel like Edwards has been where I've felt my golden years, you know, my 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 golden years be been spent at. But it's it's incredible being part of this team. To one, it's the mission is daunting and and incredible at the same time, just because of I sometimes walk out of my house and I see all these planes that you know were part of you know Vietnam and you know to seeing the F-35 fly, flying around is just incredible, right? But I think being part of this culture, being part of this mindset, that has definitely changed my perspective on life. I think that being part of it here, it's shown that you can accomplish anything, right? Kind of going back to that cliche, but being here, you know, seeing the the auto G-cast thing come to life and, you know, seeing the incredible things that come from Edwards, that has definitely changed my mindset that, there's always a way. When there's a will, there's a way. And to have that innovative mindset, to have that growth instilled in me from a base like this is, is just a dream come true, I feel. Many thanks to today's guest, Tech Sergeant Erica Fabian Guzman, for taking time out to share her story and taking us beyond the test. Thanks to all for joining us. I'm Dawn Waldman for Edwards Beyond the Test. <laughs>